are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And I'm so glad to be back with you. It's been kind of a a long ride since the fire out here in Malibu. And, you know, uh, we've been always trying to strive to make lives brighter. And boy, do we have a lot upcoming to share with you this year. So stay tuned because we have amazing different artists. We have doctors. We have controversial interviews upcoming that are going to rock your socks when you hear about some of the things that are going on in the quantum world and even in the quantum world of politics, banking, etc. So we've got a lot on our plate coming up. But today I have a very special guest upcoming in a little while. MB Gordy is a Grammy winner this year with the band Opium Moon, who you may know, and they have a very kind of melodic, hypnotic almost new agey sound and they are just divine. I have the I had the pleasure of seeing them play in person and then again getting to watch them win their Grammy this year. So we've got MB Gordy coming up next segment, so stay tuned because he's gonna talk about his life in music and he has an amazing career. So I don't want to steal the thunder but He is a Grammy winner this year, and he is a fine, fine percussionist in demand around the world. So we'll talk to him next. And if you haven't gone out and gotten your copy of The Silver Lining of Cancer, I urge you to do that. And I am urging you to join us in a campaign where you buy one on Amazon and you gift one. So if there's somebody that you know of that's suffering from cancer or has gone through cancer and needs courage, needs hope, needs upliftment, this is the book for them. This is the book to share. And if you'd like to buy signed copies, please contact me directly through Making Life Brighter. Um, You can email me direct at radio at makinglifebrighter.com, radio at makinglifebrighter.com, and I can arrange with you to get you signed copies. And this is a great way to gift an organization. If you'd like to buy copies for your local cancer society, your local church, your local um, women's group, anything like that, this is a perfect, perfect gift of the 13 of us that got together to write our stories of cancer and survival. And I am one of those. And I've taken what I know is healing and used it to create an absolute healing. So my story's in there, and you can get signed copies if you'll email me directly at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. It's called The Silver Lining of Cancer, and you can find it on amazon.com. You can also buy them directly at makinglifebrighter.com. So that's going to be something that will be ongoing as a theme throughout the next year. I'll be doing talks. If you would like to hire me to come and speak to your group and or actually have a live time healing to your group, I will do that. So just contact me at radio at com. And if you'd like me to come speak, you can always 
email me or my agent at keynote speaker at makinglifebrighter.com. So we have a great show coming up today. We've had so many great people on this show. And I just want to point out to you that over the last few years, we've had Olympic athletes. We've had elephant campaigns. We've had all kinds of incredible shows that have lasted the test of time. As a matter of fact, we did a show in 2017 in the spring with a heart surgeon. And he reached out to me lately and uh, he said to me that in fact, people still contact him because of that show. And after listening to that show, they decided to have him do their heart surgery. That's amazing. And that's what this show is all about. Making Life Brighter is about experts in their field and those that are uplifting our lives worldwide people that are inspiring us, people that are assisting our world to be that much brighter. And so my contribution to the world is this show and being able to sit down with amazing people and have them tell their stories as well as share their heart and share the passion that they are involved in in a manner that educates us and uplifts us and hopefully even inspires us. I know that the heart surgeon's interview was rated as one of the number one shows in Asia. So I'm guessing that people that were studying heart surgery picked up on that and actually took that to heart. (laughs) Okay, I couldn't resist. (laughs) And they were, (laughs) you know, learning from it. So you never know how these things impact people. And if you know somebody that could benefit from one of these shows, you know, send them to makinglifebrighter.com and on the player there, you can listen to all the archives. We've had amazing artists, Grammy winners, people that have hung out with the Beatles, people that have managed the Beatles, people that have managed the Rolling Stones. We've had quantum physicists. We've had (laughs) all kinds of people that are famous actors and authors and those that have been talking to us about our special series, The Conversations in Consciousness. We have new series upcoming this year, and one of them will center around cancer and the silver lining of cancer and hearing people's stories and what they've done and why they've done this and how they've managed their journey through cancer. There are some courageous and amazing, miraculous stories out there. And for those of us that are frightened and scared and suffering, this book beginning with the book, will give you hope. It'll give you courage. And that's the intention behind it. Tracy Iman, who had started this project and invited us to come and be a part of it with her, had an amazing vision. And she's just such a special person, and she too had to go through that journey. But we are all coming out the other side of that thriving. And that's testimony to the fact that when you embrace life and you grab your own purpose in life, you then can thrive. You can glow again. You can be radiant again. And as I said in some of the interviews that I've had, it's the journey. The journey is what it is that we're really um, looking for. The journey is every second of every day and how we show up, what it is we bring to the table, and how centered and loving and clear we really are. Because without that, we're just all over the map. And I've talked about this many times in my shows regarding healing and consciousness and what's going on, but 
we have an opportunity at all times to show up at our best. Most of the time we get distracted and we can't hold on to that. But, you know, if joy is the goal and if every day we get up and we make someone else's life brighter, even if it's smiling, if it's saying hello, if it's buying a book and giving it to somebody that makes them feel better and gives them hope, it's the little things in life. And those little things add up over time and they can become a new habit. So I'm teaming up with some amazing women right now and I'm going to share that alliance with you upcoming. But wow, do we have a powerhouse of learning upcoming for you and making life brighter. And we have some really amazing individuals, women in particular, that are going to rock your socks. They've got so much talent and so much to share. We have a healing journey in front of us that's finally going to be fun and it's going to be interesting and we are going to set up a global network of women and an alliance that is made for inspiring, made for uplifting, made for making our lives brighter, really. So I'm excited to share that with you. That's upcoming. We've got that on the docket.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And today, I promised you a very special guest, and indeed, he's here. M.B. Gordy is a famed percussionist. He is an amazing musician, and he has worked with some of the best of the best in the world, and he is one of the best in the world, and that's what we like on this show. We choose people that make our lives brighter and that love what they do. Welcome, and thank you for coming today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about where you began in music. Was this something that you grew up dreaming of did you automatically have rhythm in your blood when you're born apparently so 
But uh, I don't know, I was like three or something. I was banging on my little trucks that I'd set up and put the radio on over the, over the you know, the clothes washer. And that would make all kinds of noise. And I'd play that, you know, whatever. So there was that. And then I, I don't know, something kicked in. And I think I saw either, I'm old, so I think I either saw Gene Krupa or Buddy Rich, or maybe both of them on TV and something, you know, when I was young. And that was kind of the beginning of the end for me because I was like, oh, I, I'm just going to play. The, I have to play. I have to do that. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I don't know that I processed it that way, but, but that is something clicked with that. Your heart sang and you said, that's, that's what I'm going to do in life. I don't know that I, that I necessarily thought I was going to do it in life. I just had to do it. That was a, that's a, that's part of the, that's another part of the journey. So, <laughs> so, which I, I'll tell you about in a second, but. Um, but anyway, the, yeah, so that just kind of grew to um, finally around the time that I was nine, I started, you know, taking sort of official drum lessons from the band or guy at the elementary school I was in, which didn't actually go too well because it was you had to take these lessons at the same time that a class happened and you had to ask permission to get out of the class to go take your lesson. You know, in music. It's kind of counterintuitive, but it was really good for you. <laughs> well, but I always messed the day up, right? Uh. Or he did, or I don't know, whatever. I'd show up and he'd go like, no, no, your lesson's tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's not today. I'm mean, like, so we kind of, it kind of went away. And then around 11, I got a little more serious. And then 13, a little more serious. And I was like, all of a sudden I'm playing and, and I'm having, playing bands with friends and stuff. And then... 15 it was like like every two years like and then by then i was taking serious drum lessons and all my friends kept saying like man you gotta be you gotta be in a school band and i was, I was going ooh, to be in the school you gotta be good to be in the school band i'm not that good i just play drums you know whatever i thought the, the, the band people were all serious musicians you know and so it took me till into high school when i finally realized going like yeah okay i'll do it you know what the heck and i did and immediately i was president of the band and head of the drum section. And because I took lessons with us. Now, I did not have music theory training. I did not have piano training, which I still kills me to this day that, you know, I, I wish I had. But um, but uh, but I, at one point I thought I would try to teach myself oboe or teach myself trumpet. That neither one went with too well. But... Um, <clears throat> um, you're a born percussionist. You're, you're, you've got yeah, rhythm. Yeah, I think Serious rhythm. The, and like rhythm that. doesn't always necessarily need theory. Does it? Well, in the formal sense, yes, it does. But not in the informal sense, no, because there's plenty of great musicians who have no formal training whatsoever, and they're great musicians. And so, hey, what do you? There's nothing to talk about. They're good or they're not. You know, it doesn't make any difference what the training was at that point. How did you get into it professionally? How did you end up professionally? Well, there's there's a few um, parts to that equation, but. The first one was when I graduated high school, I wasn't really sure, you know, what I was going to do. I was like, well, do I go to school to be a music major? I was kind of interested in psychology. Maybe I'd be a psych major. So now it's the summer before classes started that, that year, and I was going to be going to Towson State College in Baltimore. And I, um, <laughs> so I went up for pre-registration, and I just happened to talk to the music uh, advisor first, and she just signed me up for those classes. She goes, oh, well, you're going to need to take this. And I'm going to need to do this. And I'm going, 
oh, okay, sure, you know, whatever. And then she did actually give me a psychology class, but but it wasn't. I I might have talked. It wasn't to, the major. Yeah, right. And if I had <laughs> talked to the psych advisor first, it would have been on probably a whole different thing. But uh, and that's next thing I know, I'm a music major. No audition, no nothing. It's meant to be. So she goes, well. Now, what about your theory training and all this? And we're like, I, I don't have any. She goes, well, do you know your scales? And we're like, no. She goes, well, maybe you better need to learn those before you get here in September. <laughs> You're a hummer, a, a rhythmic hummer. <laughs> hummer, for those of you out there that don't know, the people yeah. that hum tunes and then they record them like me. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, I tried, but there's a lot of scales to learn, man. I'm not going to learn those in a month. You know what I mean? So... Anyway, so I was when I got to school, I was I was in deep. I mean, because I was in with all these people who had they they played piano, but they were oboe. You know, they were an oboist or a trumpet player or a bass player, you know, whatever. All these people that had music music theory, so sight singing and ear training, all that. I'm like going to these classes for this first time ever in my life. The wild thing was, since I was so green and since I was so oblivious and just not. I didn't have there was there was nothing to block me mm-hmm. in a way to go like oh I already know I know I know you know you know how you get we get older we're like why well, I already know that so you can't be taught sometimes certain retaught certain things you know mm-hmm. well I didn't have that background so it was like I was just a sponge like I'm taking it all in man let's go let's go so I actually did quite well in sight singing and air training I did okay in theory um, I was practicing piano probably more than I was practicing percussion just because I had to learn just to get past the class, you know. And then eventually I quit that school. Uh, that's a whole other story, but and we don't go into that right now. But I left there and then lived at home for a while. Then I traveled some for a semester because I had the chance to go to Germany and be with my sister and brother-in-law at the time. And, um, and, uh, and I was like, well, when will I ever have that chance again? I'm definitely going on that. I'm doing that. And then, but before, or while I was gone, I found out I got accepted to the school, which is Glassboro State in, uh, College in New Jersey, which is now Rowan University. So I knew, okay, well, I'm going to go, that's where I'm going in the, in the spring semester. So I finished that trip out, came home, went there. Long stories about that, but uh, basically I had never done an audition before. As, you, as I told, I just said, I never auditioned to get into Towson. And so I didn't really know anything about auditioning. So I show up and I'm like, okay, I just played a little snare drum thing, played a couple scales in the marimba, you know, and the guy goes, that, is that it? I go, <laughs> well, you know, I could probably play a little, a little timpani, which I started learning. He goes, well, where is your book? Where's your mallets? I go, well, they're, well, they're back in the room. He goes, well, go get them. Well, it's pouring rain and I have a bike and I'm oh. staying off campus. <laughs> so I, I... I'm freaking out now and I leave and I go back and get this stuff and now I come back to the school to the campus drenched totally soaking wet looked like a wet rat and uh, I walk back into the studio and I set up my open my book and I'm, I'm just wringing wet and he goes okay let's hear what you got so so I got a doom 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 you know like I was just like really seriously that did not much to say there and uh he, I get done, and he goes, mm. and that's that, that's it. That's that's what's going on. And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think you're really the caliber student we're looking for here. So I go, well, 
yeah, but I'm, I already got accepted. He said, yeah, but you didn't accept it by me. You didn't get accepted by me. You got accepted by the school. <laughs> if you're going to be a percussion major, you're going through me. You had no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't know how it worked. I mean, I, that was that ignorant. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay, well. So at this point, I'm 20 years old. So I was seriously behind the eight ball. That would, none of this would ever have ha- never happened now. It, yeah. it, it just no way would it happen. You, you wouldn't get past the first the first rung because it's all so no. It's yeah, there's that, and then there's the fact that uh, you know, I mean, we're talking early on training now with kids is so different than it was when I grew up. You know, so not that there weren't kids in the country getting that, but that would be kids who came from money, came you know, had the best training here and there, went to private schools. I didn't even know what a private school was when I grew up. I never heard of a private school before. You know, I mean, didn't exist. So not in by not in the Eastern Shore of Maryland anyway. Now they do, but didn't then. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I said to him, I and I guess I shocked I shocked myself, but I shocked him, I think. And I just said, well, I don't know what to tell you because uh, this is what I just have decided I want to do. So if you're not accepting me here, I'm going somewhere to do this. And I get, and I, I couldn't even believe I'm saying this. You know, it just came out, and because I was not aware of that until then. It was like split second on the on the spot decision. No, your conviction came forward, and here you go. Yeah, and and it never really surfaced before that. It was like, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'll go do. Oh, I'll go to Germany. Oh, you know, whatever. There was no serious right. discipline. There was no serious all that. Because I didn't get that get that kind of a discipline when I was a kid, when I was younger. You know, I mean, I you know, I played sports, I played baseball, I played in a band. You know, I did all this stuff. But it was like, hey man, I'm doing, hey hey hey. You know, it's like yeah. life is beautiful, man, and I'm just doing this now. You know, whatever. It wasn't like, oh no 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 no, it's this much work. And so I love that really because that speaks to a lot of what we talk about on this show. I've had Olympic athletes and other people, and just at the beginning of. All this, we're talking about discipline, and, and discipline is so key. I mean, you've had to learn that now in order to play in the big leagues and do what you do the way you do it. That's for sure. And so if I didn't know what discipline was before then, I found out real quick because what we decided was, he said, well, let's talk to the dean tomorrow because this was a Sunday that I was auditioning and classes are starting the next day. And I'm going like, oh, I'm going to be a music major at Glassboro State College. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So we go talk to the dean and um, he goes, well, look, you're here. You're saying you want to do this. So we're going to put you, we're going to put this, you're, you're, you're on probation for this semester. So at the end of the semester, when you do your jury and I'm going jury, I have no idea what that is. Oh, I had no. no clue what a jury was. I mean, I sort of did because we did them, but in a different way when at the first school that I went to. Uh, but this was more heavy. And so he goes, if you pass the jury, great. If you don't pass the jury, see you later. And on that note, we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're here with MB Gordy, and we're going to find out if he passed the jury. Stay tuned.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And today we are speaking with M.B. Gordy, and we want to find out if he actually passed the jury, if he got through. (laughs) Well, I I got through that semester, and that's as I was talking about discipline. That's when I found out what discipline was, because not that I had 10 hours a day solo by myself to practice, but (laughs) there were days I did on the weekends and stuff. And I was, I was, I was up to eight, 10 hours a day practicing. Sometimes I really basically had no social life. I did. I chose that. Um, and, and, but the advantage was that I didn't know anybody there yet. 
Right. Right. So you weren't like distracted by fun yet. <laughs> exactly. Or other classes or anything else. It was like, right. okay, I'm taking this class. I got my piano class. So, because I'm still having to practice piano, I'm still having to practice, you know, and do homework and then my theory homework and what whatnot. And then there was, I was in some ensembles. I was in the jazz band. I was in, you know, whatever. So, How did you end up in percussion the way you do it now? I mean, that's your kind of your whole gig today. Well, yes. Uh, while I was there, uh, it was pretty eclectic because I really was into playing drum set. And But, of course, I was having to study this other stuff. And the teacher that I studied with, we became very tight. Um, and, I mean, that guy was, he tra- it was very transformative. With him. What was his name? Joel Thome. And he's still alive. Uh, he's in his 80s. Uh, he lives in New York, and he's still doing his thing. Um, follow you along now? He, he does. I think he does follow me. <laughs> you know, I call him once in a while, or I'll text him, or email him, or something. Not as much as I'd like. You know, it'd be great to see him. In fact, I'm, I think I'm going to be on the East Coast coming up this summer sometime, and I'm going to try to see him. But um, he had a stroke a bunch of years ago, but he's still doing his thing. And a good buddy of mine that I was in school with who lives in, he teaches at Yale now, he saw Joel recently and said, gee, Joel's talking about a show, a concert he wants to do in, in New York, and I mean, in, in Japan or, I don't know, somewhere, China or something. Anyway, but Joel, the, when I started studying with him, he stopped playing percussion. He wasn't playing percussion anymore. So here I'm studying with a guy who doesn't play percussion. And he was amazing. He'd turn around, like, he'd go, like, no, no, I think you should play. Here, phrase it like this. And he'd play this thing on the marimba. I'm like, are you serious? Because you don't even play. How are you doing that? You know, like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, he was amazing. And he, and he became a conductor. I mean, he got way into conducting and started a, a, a group out of, out of Philly at the time called Orchestra of Our Time, which is all, at that time, the 20th century avant-garde contemporary classical music. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, Steve, well, Steve Reich, well, I guess would have been classified in that too, but he, that was tame for Joel. I mean, he we were doing George Crumb and you know Milton Babbitt and you know all this John Cage and all that kind of stuff. So that's where I got turned on a lot of that kind of music. That opened up a bunch of doors. And then while I was a student there, you know, we go see different concerts and stuff. Oh, anyway, so I, let me back track real quick. I got through that semester, passed your jury, and the rest is history. But as I was, a, the longer I was there, not being able to practice as much as I wanted to that first semester, because now I've got more classes, I've got more social life, you know. But I still, I was, I was busting my butt the whole time. It was, so it was, that was all transformative too. But anyway, um, so we went to this Paul Winter consort, uh, concert, um, and there was a guy named Colin Walcott who played percussion with Paul Winter at the time. And he played tabla, and he played these just this whole array of exotic percussion stuff. And I was like, man, that's, I, yeah. So I think, okay, I'm just going to go buy a set of tabla and teach myself the tabla. Not possible. Uh, so that was didn't happen. But anyway, so long story Let's fast forward real quick. So Joel turned me on to, for lack of, as well as another teacher that I had there, to California Institute of the Arts. Uh, I eventually went there, moved to California, did my master's work there, and studied tabla with the percussion teacher that I was, who was my main teacher, was John Bergamo. But then a guy named Taranath Rao came from India, and that's who I studied with the rest of the time. And as, as well, there was another guy, Amiya Dasgupta, who actually... Amiya was a protege of, of uh, Ravi Shankar. So when the Beatles met Ravi Shankar, um, you know, of course, 
there, everybody's life was changing at that point for I mean, because listen, maybe Ravi Shankar knowing the Beatles was good for Ravi Shankar, and the Beatles knowing Ravi Shankar opened up a whole other thing too. So as we as you all know, so I think it's the tune within you, without you. Uh, that's actually Amia playing. He's not a tabla player either, but that's actually him playing tabla on that because. Ravi was asked apparently the story that I heard was that Ravi Shankar was asked by the Beatles hey why don't you come to London and stay live with us for you know that's when they had a, a bunch of row houses together or something. and why don't you live, stay in London with us for and he couldn't he was too busy now with his touring and stuff and so he sent Amia and Amia spent six months with the Beatles. That would be cool. That, that would have been... And, really? and George Harrison had gotten into playing sitar and stuff and now Amia was a Pardon my English, badass guitar player. I mean, that was Amia's in- instrument. Mm-hmm. However, George Harrison wanted to play sitar on this one tune, so Amia played the the tabla part, <laughs> and that's Amia playing tabla on that one tune by by the Beatles. Anyway, so that was that story. But these are the kind of people, and this is the kind of stuff that was happening and opening up. I studied Ghanaian drumming with the Lidzepko brothers. I studied this is at Cal Arts. I studied. Uh, um, Indonesian and gamma and, and Javanese gamelan with uh, Wenten and uh, well, this one guy Pachokro was He's from Java, and then his son-in-law Wenten uh, was the Balinese teacher, and so uh, so I got to study gamelan music with those guys, and you know, and I accompanied dance classes to help supplement my income, and I just did a whole variety of stuff. And it was just play, 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 playing all the time. And so, you know, CalArts being a wild place at the time, you know, it's it's wilder in a different way now. But at the time, it was, you yes. know, I'm, it was at the late 70s. Um, it was pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, but all that said, I never worked harder in my life. I mean, my day started at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'd be going to bed at like 2 sometimes three and go again the next day and this was all year long and that's just the way like total immersion in a way yeah yeah and let me ask you something just kind of off the beaten path of this but when you were exposed to all that and it sounds like you were exposed to different cultures obviously that were um infused with a rhythmic tradition because we are young here in this culture you don't have tradition the same way. Right. We're a conglomeration of traditions, but we don't really Maybe have a... jazz, but... Right, right, yeah. right. Maybe some some jazz. But were you influenced spiritually by this work with people at all? Did that kind of come off onto you and, and that cultures were kind of, you know, layering onto you and you were you were recognizing different things? Yeah. I mean, the one thing, if I have some regrets about uh, that aspect of it is that I have not yet been to India to, to study or even just to be immersed in the Indian culture. Um, I have not been to Africa. And only part of it is because, you know, as I got out of school, I didn't have the money. You know, I didn't have the money to do so. Oh, I'm going to take a trip and, okay, I'm going to do that. It's got to got to pay for it, you know. So, And then as my life progressed with, I was married once before, now I'm married and have two kids. And, um, you know, there was one of my when I had kids, what am I just going to pick up and go to? I know people would do that. I just didn't feel like I could do that. 
um, just pick up and go to India for three or four months or six months, you know, whatever. Because my percussion teacher did do that. Mm-hmm. John did do that. He did. He he went and studied in, in Indian music. And but you've been able to tour around the world now with different artists, and and do you do a lot of session work? But you've been able to tour. Yeah, yeah. And so so now I'm, I'm I'm kind of in more of a position now that my son just graduated from college and my daughter's in her second year of college and stuff now i could do a trip like that if i wanted to now it's just more of the paranoia of like okay well if i go do that i won't be making money i won't be working i'll be, I'll be you know what i mean but you know at this point in my life maybe i need to do that you know what i mean it I, but it's did it influence you then i mean did it, it did it attract you somehow because yeah. let let's face it you know you grew up the all-american kid in a yeah, sense, yeah. and and these are different cultures with a whole different imprint at that time when that's not as accepted. True, and I just kind of felt an affinity for it, and and I, I learned a lot too. Uh, I mean, well, obviously, but about um, roles. Uh, how do I describe this? I'm going to use the word prejudices, but. Um, because there's reverse, you know, when we say reverse, I mean, you know, black, white prejudices and stuff like that. Whites, I should say white prejudices against blacks or Hispanics or whatever, or other cultures for that matter. Um, there's, and, and when you say role, the reversal of that, that's only from my perspective. Might not be a reversal, actually, from those people's point of view mm-hmm. and when it happens. But, um, but I've experienced that. And the first time I ever experienced it was when I was playing with the African Ensemble from CalArts, and we got to play at this Afro-Cuban uh, festival at Alice Tully Hall in New York. And uh, we, you know, we were sorry, it, was, it was my second year of grad school, and we got invited to go play. And the Led Zeppelin brothers went, like, "Yeah, let's go! We're 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 all like, yeah, we're gonna go play this concert." And so we get there. And we show up, and they're looking at a bunch of these white kids playing in this African ensemble, and they're like, and, and we kicked ass. I mean, this was, we took no prisoners. That has deep. to be said. Yes. I mean, this was deep. You didn't, these guys took no prisoners when you studied with them, you know, and it was not, this is, we're not talking about written down music. You learn the music the way they taught you. Yeah. So anyway, so we do the re- we do the sound check rehearsal, blah 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 blah, whatever. And now we're in our hotel rooms that night, kind of hanging out. And the the chief and and uh, or the two gentlemen who ran it, Alfred and Kobla, uh, they said, "Hey, we we need to talk to you guys." So they come to one of the rooms where we're all kind of hanging out, and they go, "Well, here's the thing: the people running the festival want the African members of the f- ensemble." to start the show and then eventually bring out the everybody else. Right. And we're like, huh? Because the truth be known, and this I don't mean any disrespect here, but the truth be known is that the ringers that they had, they had friends and some family, I don't know if they were maybe not family, but friends, people, African friends of theirs, but there were black members of the group. That was cool for them to be there, but not the whites. Well, wait a minute, do you mean... If you're going to say that not the students, then that's got to include black and white. But that's not what it was. It was a black issue. It was a black white issue. It wasn't an African white issue. So how did that affect you when we you felt that? Pissed, and we were bummed. Yeah. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And then I knew it's like, oh, well, this is what people from other cultures experience all the time. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. We'll be right back with more MB Gordy. And he is the famed percussionist here out of L.A.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health, and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back today with special guest M.B. Gordy, and M.B. Gordy is an acclaimed drummer and percussionist, and he's also known as an educator, but he has a list of credits that would blow your mind. He's worked with John Legend and Beck and Michael Buble, and he just came off a tour with Josh Groban, and he's worked with One Republic and Neil Diamond, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill. I mean, you know, it goes on and on and on. And he's worked on all kinds of films, films you know, like Transformers and X-Men, and he's been... uh, contributing to TV shows and, and all kinds of things. And, you know, he just came off of doing one this morning before he came here. So we're honored. Thank you for coming and being part of this. And thank you for sitting down with us, really, because 
your light and what you do is important for the world, and that's what the show is about, making life brighter. And your love of what you do is really most important, and your passion toward it. And and so I'm you, trying to, I'm trying to keep that alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, like, you know, the passion. You know, I had Sheila E on this show uh, a couple of years ago, and when I first even understood what percussion was, because as you know, upstate New York white girl. We didn't have any of that. We didn't know. I didn't even know what that was. And when I saw her play for the first time with Prince, I was like, whoa, look at that. Wow. And then it opened a world to me. And it, that allowed me to have an appreciation for someone like you and what you've done through your whole life and your career and taking that and working it. Tell me the basis of the soul drive when you put your hands on drums. What do you feel? What happens in your body? Where do you go to? It's actually changed a little bit but 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 well maybe not but maybe I'm more aware of it now maybe that's that's what's going on but uh I remember just recently because I'm finding like first of all you got I got to be careful as I'm getting older and stuff and, and overplaying I can beat my hands up pretty well and I, and I'll notice it like after my show with Opium Moon the other night like man my hands were aching for a couple of days cuz I went for it you know what I mean and I got so I got I got to be careful about that that I don't kill my hands and all of a sudden I'll have arthritis so bad at some point that I won't be able to even hold drumsticks but but that said so there's that when I when you touch certain and actually certain instruments it's a different sensation than others because you you the minute you touch it you go like oh man that's like that's just a that's just art right there you know it's a piece of it's just an incredible sound or vibration or you know whatever and but just recently we were doing oh I know what it was Saturday night this past Saturday night I did these there's a a modern composer um, his name's James Tenney and in fact he taught at CalArts after I was there but uh, but anyway and I, but but we played his music when I was there and he wrote these these there's a piece called Canon and there anyway there there are these these drum pieces and it's about hocketing and a canon form and, and then one other thing there's a trio of pieces one's for bass drums one's for tenor drums and one's for snare drums so when when I was practicing this stuff it, it was one thing but then when I, we got together and did the first rehearsal with these guys uh, it was me and three other drummers it was I don't know. I can't even think of the word right now. Transformative or whatever again. Here we go. It's my word of the day, I guess. I can't think of anything else. But I was like playing. I was like, man, I really like playing the drums. I mean, I love playing. I mean, the the way the stick felt on the head and playing these pieces was it's it was like a not new, obviously, but my perception of it was was new again yeah. it, it had come into a new place for you and yeah because and, it's one thing to say hit something that's one thing and that's the that's the thing it's like it's you're not just hitting something you know it's like it's like a piano like you know when the when the hammer hits the string yeah you can look at every piano and it's all going to be that that action is going to be pretty much the same it's going to go bang and that hammer hits it and pops off i mean unless you somehow put the damper pedal down or certain and maybe the motion is a little slower or something but that's what happens so you could you know approach playing any percussion instruments that way but at the same time it's a lot different when you're really drawing the sound out of the instrument. Well, isn't it a little bit like you're bringing your presence, and since you talked about your early days until now, you've learned how to hone in and bring that absolute presence to what you're doing. I mean, well, you're bringing your heart and soul. 
Yeah, and a lot of that had to do with, with, with playing hand drums. In fact, there's a, there's a, a gentleman by the name of Glenn Velez who um, um, I'm not heard his name recently about much. I mean, but there's like so Remo has made frame drums that he designed, and you know, I mean, he he now here was a percussionist who. Um, was playing in Steve Reich's band. He's an g- incredible mallet player. He studied classical music, great, you know, all this. And he, some, I don't know his complete story, but I know that somewhere along the way he got into just kind of playing frame drums and tambourines, and that's it. And, and he goes, that's it. I'm never touching a conga drum. I'm not going to touch doing back. It was too hard on his hands, but this was a more delicate kind of sound. And he became a master of these instruments. And it's kind of refining energy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, serious refining. And who knew that his life would, he didn't think about that early on, that that his life's going to take that journey, you know what I mean? So that kind of happened to me. It definitely happened to my percussion teacher. Um, and so I got to the point where it's like, well, as much as I love playing drum set, you know, if I'd only been a drummer, I'm a drum set player, who knows what I'd be doing? I mean, I could be... I'd like to think I could be the next Steve Gadd, but because he's, but nobody's going to be as good as Steve Gadd as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, you know, so because he, he's super influential in every drummer's life that I know, um, certainly mine. But uh, and maybe not. I don't know. I mean, maybe not that I that, that I would have achieved what he could have that what he's achieved on drum kit. But reality is, I chose not to just do one instrument. I play a lot of different instruments, yeah. and I love that. And I'd be really hard pressed to go. And here's the thing. Um, I wouldn't be in a Grammy-winning band right now if I played drum set. And that leads us to Opium Moon. And Opium Moon has just won the Grammy. And not only was I there to see it, and I told you all about it when I was there. I was so excited. I was very excited. I did share that all with you. But it's amazing. So congratulations on that. And uh, we're going to play some of that for you. Um, now, actually, as we go out. And you can hear the supplement and some more Opium Moon at makinglifebrighter.com and check it out there because we're going to go and uh, have more right here with MB Gordy. So go to makinglifebrighter.com to check out the rest and hopefully we can have you back someday and you can play. Thank you for coming and being with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I've got a lot more stories. So I know. And, and so I always ask everybody, what makes your life brighter? Uh, well, music my family um my friends and just you know um you know sometimes it's work to to stay positive in this world with that we live in but uh i think if you surround yourself with the right people and i don't and at that i just have to say that it doesn't have they don't have to be this oh it's the musicians or it's this or that other thing it's just the right people and the right energy then you can flourish Amen to that. All right. Opium Moon is going out right now. Check out the supplement. More with MB Gordy and makinglifebrighter.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And go jolly, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. For information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly!
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.